Hey everybody, this is my second official podcast. Woo! <laughs> so exciting. So yeah, I came on because I wanted to talk about something uh, that happened to me today, actually, um, and it, it and they actually kind of matched up and coincided. So I wanted to just bring this to to the table, the feasting table today. <laughs> um, yeah, so got up early this morning because I had a meeting with my revival group pastor. So I'm in ministry school and um, I'm driving my car right now, but I attend ministry school in Redding, California, and uh, it's pretty amazing. And so we have what we call revival groups. So there's 800 students in the entire school. And then we have revival groups, which breaks the students up to into groups of like 65 uh, or so and then we have um, you know core groups and you know like there's smaller groups of people that meet at a house every week just to kind of keep community established and so over that over the um, revival groups you have a revival group pastor or RGP so um, I met with my you know you can schedule to meet with your revival group pastor if you if you want to and I typically am not the type of person that would schedule a meeting to meet with him or anyone for that matter, because I have been uh, in the past. I felt like, you know, it was scary for me to talk to people in authority and, pe- and people who are leaders. That's one thing. And then for the second thing, um, I really dealt with like taking up too much space, uh, insecurity about like who I am as a person and and if I meet with somebody, I felt like I had something I needed to have something really impactful to say. And so, you know, I, I just never scheduled a meeting. And so what I would see is my friends, they would, you know, or not friends, but classmates, they would schedule meetings and like pour out everything, their whole life story to these pastors. And and I would think, man, I mean, y'all are wearing these people out, dude, like that was 20 years ago. Get over it. <laughs> but who am I to say that? So forgive me for thinking that if you're one of the students and you're listening. But for me, I just felt like, you know, keep your stuff between you and God and a close friend or two and just deal with it. Like you don't need to dispute it all out. So uh, long story short, I was doing this girl's hair and she gave me a word, a word meaning like she heard the Lord say something uh, about me to her and she wanted to share it with me. And so one of the things she said was that I should not discount um, my like my revival pastor, like I shouldn't stray away from him because he still has some things to offer me this year and and I would like break through in some areas you know this year and so I said okay cool so I scheduled an appointment because I didn't know what that looked like practically but I figured hey if I never meet the guy and if everything if the only thing I do I, I see him once a week but I just say hi and bye pretty much you know he doesn't know what's going on with me which I don't feel like I don't have anything deep going on with me but I just, I feel like, um, I felt like, um, you know, this was the time for me to get everything I I came for. I came to school, a ministry, you know, I I made a lot of changes. I, um, 
yes, I got rid of my business. I uprooted my daughters and moved to California from Texas. And so why hide behind what's proper or why, why hide behind even a feeling of, you know, is there room for me? You know, there's no need to hide. So getting out of the car, going in the house. So stay with me. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so I went and scheduled the meeting and we, we met. And what was so tough for me was I didn't actually um, have anything to talk about in particular. And so that was hard for me. And I actually intentionally said, I'm not going to schedule things. I'm not going to like make something up before I get there. And I, I even thought like, what, what am I going to talk to him about? And I just didn't have, I didn't, I just didn't have anything to say, but I, I made myself not come up with anything because I didn't want, I'm just tired of performing my life away and, 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 you know, making just, just fitting in like a little box and everything making sense when sometimes it's not going to make sense and that's okay too. So, so I get there. And we start talking <laughs> and we just talk. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I just asked him a question about how things were going for him. And it just led into my story. It was really seamless. And I was telling him some things about, um, you know, what surrounded my husband passing away. And y'all, these stairs. <laughs> my heart is like, whew. Okay, walking in the house. So, yeah, so, uh, lock the door. <laughs> Ooh, catch your breath. <laughs> My God, okay. So, yeah, so, if I say so one more time. So, <laughs> so I'm talking to him and just sharing my heart. And not even my heart, just my story. And he, he's just listening and he gets teary eyed a little bit once or twice. And he, he just covered me as a father and as a pastor. And it was just a beautiful thing. Well, I'm leaving his office and right outside his office, there's another meeting going on, which I could see the people kind of gathering through the little strip of glass on the door. So I knew people were out there. So I did my best to be really quiet and my um, classmates, it's typical with them. They like to sit on the floor. <laughs> so I had to step over a girl. And as I was trying to step over her and keep my balance, I put my hand on like on, on a little piece of wall just to hold myself up that I thought, OK, cool. Let me just because I didn't want to trip over her. Well, at the same time that I had my hand there, my revival group pastor was closing his office door behind me leaving. So he was inside. He was closing the door. So right at the hinges where the door is hinged, my fingers were there. So three of my fingers literally get smashed oh, in the door. <laughs> so... I, oh my gosh, I, the girl that was there, she was on the floor. She was eating actually. I don't know if I kicked her, stepped on her or what. I didn't yell out because the woman was talking. She was like ministering to this group of people 
And she was like in her moment. So for something like the Lord is just good because I did not scream and I should have screamed the way my fingers got smashed. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so I'm I'm like, oh, my God. So I pull my fingers out and I just like kind of creep out of the room. But I am saying Jesus, Jesus, the whole way into the main building because my fingers are throbbing. They actually still really hurt. Not like horrible like they were, but they they hurt. So anyway, the pain subsides and I have these marks um, inside of my nail. And it's like these red marks. My like ring finger is turning a little bluish right now, the nail part. My middle finger has a nice little red dot in the middle. And then my pinky at the just a little tippy tip is also has a red dot. So those three got caught in the caught up in the, the groove of things. So the day goes on. I get to my next meeting before, right before school started with the worship team. And when I uh, get to that meeting, I'm still like super, super, super in super pain. And I am getting to a point here. So now here we are at the end of the day. And I, I just left class a little bit early because I'm starting a new job today. Woo-hoo. And I get to the end of the day. And as I look at my finger and as I remember like what happened to me, I could feel this, this, um, what's the word we're going to give it? I don't want to make a word up, but I could feel this. I want to say pseudo or this faux pain shooting through my body now. Now when it happened, it did hurt. And I mean, it hurt and it hurt for a long time. But when I looked at my fingers and I remembered it getting smashed, I couldn't believe that that actually happened to me. A grown 35-year-old woman got her finger smashed in the freaking door like a four-year-old. You know, I'm like, this has not happened to me in a long time. But each time I remembered the... The, the happening, like the door actually closing on me and me, I didn't even see it. I didn't look, I was look. I was moving forward and actually my hand was about to leave that, that place and I got snatched back by the pain. So I didn't even see it happen. Uh, I just felt it. I didn't see it coming. It just happened to me. And so I was like, how in the world? So as I'm remembering, I'm thinking, Wow, 35 years old, finger smashing the door like a kid. And and all that pain keeps flooding back. So why am I doing this 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 particular podcast? Because just a few minutes ago, as I'm driving home, right before I hit record, I, I looked I thought back on it and I said, Wow. And as I re, as I recalled the fingers being smashed, the pain shot through my body. And and it actually I can feel it through my whole body it was like it was like a chill like you know you get a chill and you like to do the little shimmy it was like a chill along with actual pain which is crazy so I said wow but it made me think of something else so in line with what I was speaking to my my revival pastor about I was talking about the death of my husband and and I think I just wanted to kind of address today the fact that sometimes things that happen to us Things that that hurt us in life, 
it's 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 noteworthy. It's noteworthy, which noteworthy means it's definitely worthy of mention, and it and it's significant because if it's significant to you, it is significant. Nothing that you feel or that you think is not important. It's not not important. Does that make sense? So nothing that you that if it's important to you, it's important. Period. I don't care who thinks it's not or whatever. You are a living, breathing person. And God allowed you to be here on this earth for such a time as this. So the fact that you are here means a whole heck of a lot. So you're here, you're on this earth, and you're a living, breathing person. But yet, you let people tell you that your thoughts and your feelings are not valid. And I know because I've been there too and I've done that too. I've let people tell me that, oh no, just shut up and sit back in the corner. Even though on the inside, I felt like, Oh, I, on the inside, I felt like this roaring lion, more like more like a mama bear. Like if we took the mama off and you just put bear, but mama meaning like the mama in me would be like, if somebody messes with my baby, you, my eyes will turn red. Like you will literally see. And, and, and so anyway, I felt like this person on the inside, but nobody else recognized it in me. So they kept pushing me to this back corner and I would just go because that's all I knew. You're in leadership. You're over me. You're supposed to protect me, right? You're supposed to tell me my potential. And if I don't have any and you say I don't, or if you say I don't, then I must not have it. So it was this whole thing in my entire life. And and you know what? One thing my father did, um, God rest his soul, is, and that really affected me. He doesn't even remember, but I was about nine or 10. I say he doesn't. He When I did ask, he, I don't think he remembered that he said this to me. I was about nine or 10. And I know most men tell their daughters, you're the most beautiful woman, beautiful little girl in the world. No, no one can compare to you. And I mean, they just eat it up. Really, daddy? Yes, you're a princess. You're this and that. And my dad, he called us his princesses, me and my sister. He, uh, he was such a good dad, but he also was a, a man of truth. And so I asked him one day when I was like nine or 10, I said, daddy, I said, Daddy, I, I told him I was feeling insecure because there was a girl in my class who was prettier than me. And all the boys liked her, and I just felt insecure. And I was tell I don't know how I said it to him in my, my little child-like way, but he said, well, baby, you, you're not the most beautiful girl in the world, but, nobody, I mean, everybody, there's always going to be somebody more beautiful than, uh, than, than us. He said, there's, <laughs> I know he meant well. But what it did to me inside was it broke me a little bit. And I just felt like, oh, I, I'm. there's always going to be somebody prettier than me. There's always going to be someone, someone better than me. So what I began to do, and even as an adult, even now, I'm 35 years old, uh, I was still like, put myself on the back burner to make room for others that are better than me. I would just naturally do it. Like, if you tell me to serve hot dogs on my knees, hands and knees with um, the hot dogs resting on my back and a hat on that says 
uh, walk all over me, I would do it because I just felt like, okay, well, I, at least I am doing something, one. And then two, I'm here to serve you. I'm here to serve everybody. What Cecily doesn't need anything. Like I can fend for myself. I had a stupid saying when I was in my early 20s. When people would offend me, I wouldn't tell them they offended me. I would just let it ride. And I used to say, I know I can handle disappointment and hurt, but they can't. So I'm just going to take this weight on myself and I won't even tell them. And I mean, it was some real injustices going on to me and in my life. And I wouldn't say anything because I felt like I was the strong one. Like I can handle it. This person is going to crumble and break if I say anything. So don't worry. Don't worry. It's okay. Oh, I hurt you. You okay? Yeah, I'm okay. And then really I'm not okay. So I started learning like, oh my God, that, that'll make a person sick on the inside if you keep holding that stuff in. So I started learning how, it's like I was a hairstylist and I had a salon for years and I learned the art of saying no. I learned the art of saying, actually, no, that made me uncomfortable. And, and I learned that the, the key to all of that is being okay with the person walking away. And then another key I learned is when I got married to my husband, he's the only one that I care about losing. So with him, I'll be extra. Like, you know how you get like a coffee and a latte and you say, give me an extra shot of espresso or give me an extra pump of caramel. It's like with my husband, he he got all the goodness that came with me, but I gave him a little extra grace, a little extra loving and tenderness because I knew that this man is the only thing that's the most important thing to me as a person in my life. But these clients, let me tell you, these clients, they would come to you and get their hair done. And then five minutes later, or if you make them mad or, or anything, you see them down the street or at the grocery store, they got their hair done. Somebody else did it. Or <laughs> the fact that, and this is not, if any of my clients are hearing this, my old clients, please don't be offended. But the fact that I, since I've left Texas and moved here to go to ministry school and I told them I was leaving and a lot of people cried when they found out and a lot of people were, oh my gosh. Let me tell you something about people. I have not heard from any of them. When I tell you I had people like, call me mama. I ain't heard from none of my quote unquote mamas either. How's ministry school going? Well, how are you? I've heard from like three people and they were asking me like, what color did you use on my hair? But <laughs> they didn't want to know how I was doing. <laughs> you know, and I don't know if they took it personal that I left, but all of these women, most of my clientele were between the ages of 30. Most of them between the ages of 30 and 55 to 60 years old. Like they were, they were, they were established women. And then I had some young girls that would come every once in a while when they, you know, Wanted healthy hair, and then they'd go back out and mess the hair up, then start coming to me again and let me get it healthy, and then they go back out, you know. But I said, Wow, look at people. Here I am. I've gotten, I've squashed you in at times. You called me at the last minute. I've done your daughter's hair for her birthday. I've done your hair for emergency situations. I mean, I've come, got out of my bed at five in the morning and meet you at the salon and take good care of you. I cried with you when you lost your sister. You know, I mean, just things like that. And here we are. Two, I've gone, I'm gone almost two years and nobody has checked on me. Wow. It just goes to show I'm not bitter. I'm not angry. Actually, I'm really not. I'm okay. But I said, wow, this is, this is people. It's, and I, and I was figuring this thing out as I, um, 
as I was like walking through uh, having a business and I realized like my husband actually is the only person that actually has my back. And then I had some family members too that actually had my back. And those were the ones that I, I was very careful with how I dealt with them. But for just regular people, you know, I was pretty upfront and I said, Hey, I started to, I had to learn how to say, Hey, that actually hurt me. And I was never unkind. I was never mean or anything. I mean, if anything, I just, I show grace to everybody, but I want to be, I want to be intentional to say that. Whereas if it were my husband, I would think twice, I'd wait like two more days before I actually told him because I wanted to make sure I wasn't just being emotional. You know, I'd say, uh, this hurt me, but let me wait. And let me talk to the Lord about it. Let me pray a little bit before I just come at him because I actually honor him and I don't want him to feel like I'm attacking. And so sometimes the Lord will tell me, hey, let that one go or we'll bring it up in a different time. And then the different time will come and he'd say, okay, now you can bring it up. And I would bring it up and say, hey, babe, you know, actually, this is like the third time you've done that to me. And I didn't say anything before, but I'm seeing it's become a pattern. So could you please be a little more careful you know, when you're dealing with my heart in this situation or concerning this. And he said, oh, wow, I didn't know I, I didn't know I did that. OK, my bad. Yeah, sure. You know, it worked out good because I listened to the Holy Spirit um, and I did that with people, too. But I was just like, Lord, look, she tripping. This hurts. I'm not built to hold unforgiveness. I'm not built to hold bitterness. I have to get that crap out. So (laughs) I started to open my mouth as a salon owner and get it out and get that hurt out. But back to what I was talking about with my fingers. My, My fingers showed me that in life, we do that same thing. And oh my gosh, oh, I just wanted everybody to feel sorry for me because... I showed up to the worship meeting and they gave me a minute because I was running late. And they, they said, you OK? And we missed you. And because I missed kind of missed most of the meeting. And I was like, yeah, my fingers got smashed in the door. And everybody came. Somebody came and like laid hands on me to pray for me. <laughs> oh, you OK? And I'm like, I'm OK. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, I, I felt the pain and I wanted, you know, they felt it for me. And it was like, oh, I had my little moment and oh, but I just wanted to kind of speak into like our memories and how we remember things. And, all, and I just want to encourage you, Mr. and Mrs. Listener or Ms. or whatever, um, that like to let those things go. You know, I have to make I have to be intentional because I still feel a residue of pain in my fingers right now. And I have to be intentional not to make my mind go back and think about it. Otherwise, the pain will continue to surge through my body. And then what happens is when my fingers actually stop hurting completely, which they will in the next day or two or maybe in a couple of hours, I don't know. Um, but when they actually do stop hurting for the for the rush and the endorphins that are released in your body, when you have that kind of feeling or that thought, you know, sometimes we keep it alive until it becomes this really stale old memory. But we've, we've just replayed it and replayed it. So I just want to encourage you today. Let it go. Like whatever that thing is that hurt you, whoever that person is that hurt you, whoever, whoever, um, maybe they didn't like hear your side of things and then they went down the wrong road and it was like, but I told you that, 
you know, and now they want you to kind of fix it for them. Or maybe, maybe, I, I don't know, you know, but I know that we all go through some level of pain in our lives. And I, I, let me tell you guys this, this is really, this is personal. Okay. Every time. So when my husband died, I preached at the funeral. And every time I think about that moment when I got the mic in my hand and I started praising God because I didn't, I, I, I broke down crying, but I didn't want people to think I was sad. I wanted them to know that I was giving God the glory in this moment of the greatest pain in my life. And so even though I, I killed over, I put the mic up to my mouth because I, I, I felt like they were thinking, oh, she's, how is she going to speak? Oh, God. You know, I said, Lord, I praise you into the microphone. God, I thank you. Lord, I love you. I adore you. And I was weeping. And you guys, every time I think back to that moment, like I'm talking about it now, so I'm having that same reaction. But when I just think about it, I cry every time. Tears well up in my eyes because of the memory, not the pain, but the memory of just how present God was with me in that moment and just how good he still is, even though I lost somebody closest to me, you know, and, and I well up with tears. I, I well up with tears at the thought of his goodness. I well up with tears at the fact that, oh my God, I actually did that. Like I didn't curse God and die. I actually stood for God. Like, oh my goodness. Like I, I have a Job like testimony and I passed on this little, you know, I still have other things I've failed the hell out of, but this one thing, this was a big thing and I didn't curse God and I, I didn't ask him, why you take my husband? I just loved him because I knew that no matter what I was feeling, he actually loved me and he loved and loves my husband, my late husband. <laughs> Somebody told me to stop calling him my husband because he's actually gone. So my late husband. So yeah. So yeah, I just want to encourage you that let that residual pain go. Some of you all have been holding it for years and the memory of it brings tears to your eyes. The memory of it brings anger to your heart. It makes you feel like it's fresh and it's there, but actually it's gone. And, and truthfully, 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 that thing is healed. It's really healed. It's, it's you, you, you keep recalling it and it keeps bringing it back to the surface. Let that thing, just like, um, what's the girl Rose on the Titanic when she threw that diamond and she made that little, oh, she made a little noise and she was an old woman. She had kept the, the heart of the sea diamond and, until she was old. And then she went to the back of that boat with them cute toenails painted. I'll never forget that. And that them clip-ons in the back of her hair with that gray hair. I mean, she was cute. She was like 85, 90 years old. <laughs> she stepped up on there with those cute painted toes on the back of that boat. And she threw that diamond into the sea. And she said, oh, <laughs> I love that little noise she made. But once she let it go, she knew. She was too old. She wasn't going to get in that water and get it back. She knew that she was letting go of something that was important to her, but that she no longer needed. So I want to pray for you. Lord, thank you. Thank you, God, for 
just how present you are in times of trouble. And Lord, I thank you that your word says that it rains on the just and the unjust. That means all of us in this life will go through something. Lord, it it doesn't mean that you don't love us because we've gone through something. It doesn't make you less of a good God because we've experienced trouble and heartache because you never promised us that we wouldn't have trouble. You actually told us that we would have trouble. You said in this life, in this life, there will be trouble. But you, it's a have courage because you have overcome the world. And if we just hold on to you in the midst of it, it actually, it will actually work out okay. And I'm a living witness. So God, I just thank you for the person that decided to click on this podcast. And Lord, I ask that you would bless them, Lord, with the ability to let it go, to release it, God, and to live in their now season, Lord, to be present in every moment that's happened, happening to them right now. And I bless them. And I thank you, God, in Jesus name. Amen. All right. (laughs) I'm about to go to work. What time is it? Yeah, going to work. But I bless you. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.